podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to the final whistle show from the Celtic Exchange, where this afternoon it finished Celtic 2, Ferencvaros 0 in the Europa League. This is Tino, I'm joined here by James. James, did you have a fun afternoon, dog in school, to go watch the Celtic? Yeah, most fun afternoon, dog in school in a long time, Tino, and uh, great to get off the mark in the Europa League there. Yeah, so 2-0 as mentioned, obviously, you know, the obvious things there, a couple of goals, clean sheets, but what impressed you most about today's result? Control, you know, typically the team that controls the game wins the game, um, and that was the case today. I thought we controlled it start to finish. I thought it was a real team performance. The press was really good. So those three things, good press, good team performance and control. Yeah, I think Ange as well, you know, he's talked a few times now in the last few press conferences about how he he himself feels more settled, but he's saying that the team is looking more settled than, than possibly at any time in his reign so far. Um, the team's kind of picking itself to a large extent and, you know, the same group are together now. There's no guys getting thrown in for debuts and different things. So what we'll do first of all, let's hear from Ange and on what his thoughts were immediately after the final whistle today. Yeah, really pleased. Um, thought it was a good performance, strong performance. Um, yeah, they were a good team and uh, I thought from the start we didn't let them get in the game, we controlled it. Um, you know, they had to work awfully hard to try and sort of stifle us in the first 45 minutes. So we kind of knew if we kept at it, um, we'd get the opportunities and, you know, players stuck to their task, we disciplined and in the end we got a, a well-deserved victory. So Ange, obviously very happy there uh, with how it went and rightfully so. Um, what we'll do first of all, um, before we take a look at the lineup as well, I want to just mention uh, something that everyone will have witnessed, but special mention to 50,000 odd fans who made their way to Celtic Park for a 3.30 kickoff. Uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. What do you think of that? It's ridiculous, you know, and if the reasons being COP26 and police capacity or something along those lines, it was imposed on us and the fans responded ridiculously well. Um, a lot of people at the doctors and the dentists this afternoon, I might suggest. Yes, a whole raft of appointments for kids and adults up and down the country. So what we'll do, first of all, let's look at the, the starting lineup. So effectively, um, same as Saturday, save for... Holland goalie drops out. Obviously, he's not part of the Europa League squad. And Adam Montgomery slots in. How do you think the, the line-up fared in the, the early exchanges? Yeah, um, I, I thought the line-up itself was, was what we were expecting. Certainly, you know, Monty for bowling and that was it. As you said earlier on, you know, the, the team is starting to pick itself. I think that can be improved upon with transfer windows, players coming back and other players developing their game. So this this is still very much a work in progress, but it's starting to become a settled side at the same time. Yeah, definitely. What I think is very important, we touched on it uh, in this week's weekly show, is the the quality in the bench, the genuine quality in the bench. So when Ange looks to change things now, he's got some decent options there. So, for example, this afternoon, we've seen Jack Amakis come on, uh, Mikey Johnson come on to good effect. And obviously, you know, we'll cover this a bit further down the line, but... Before he had nothing, you know, he didn't have any options, particularly creatively. He's also got covered defensively. So when when Montgomery had to go off, Liam Scales came in. So how important do you think that is that it's no longer about the eleven? It's more about the you know the sixteen or the or the eighteen that makes up a match day squad. Yeah, I think there is quality on the bench just now. I was looking at it before the match, and when you're looking at Jack Amakis, um, Mikey Johnson, potentially the, the 
the man to come back. Um, there's just more creativity there than there used to be, and that's where the big gap was. So we're starting to see more depth there. It's nowhere near um, the place it needs to be, but it's getting there. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the game itself, um, early exchange, they, they actually had a very decent chance. I've clocked it around about three minutes in. Um, they had a chap on the right-hand side, number 77, uh, Yuzuni, I think his name is, and he's whipped one in with a bit of pace. He, he got the better of Montgomery a few times, actually, in those early exchanges. I think it was McGregor, actually. Montgomery got caught out of position. Right, OK. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but it's been a big chance. The guy's got something on it, and if he's got a better connection, we could have been in trouble. The guy should score there, no doubt, or he should certainly be calling a save off with Joe Hart. Um, I thought it was good enough pressure. I can't remember who was quite marking him at the time. Maybe Ralston? Um, not sure, maybe Starfield, but I think there was enough pressure on him that he kind of sclaffed at his shot, didn't get a clean connection. It wasn't Ralston, Ralston mopped up after. Um, so yeah, but at that point, I thought we've got going to have a really open game here, it's going to be end to end. Um, because when they've got that pace on the break, like you see, the guy who got the cross in, he was he was fast, so um, I thought it was going to be a, a testing night, mm, yeah, it was early on, but Celtic certainly found their feet very quickly after that. and as we've seen so often, in fact, almost every time from Angie's team, lying share of possession, probing a wee bit. You know, my, my general thoughts, um, I'm skipping forward a wee bit here, but obviously we've gone at half time, nothing each. And my general thoughts were, could we have been a bit more adventurous in the final third and maybe taken a few more chances? So we completely controlled the game. You used the word control at the start there. Totally agree. You know, first 45 minutes, they had a couple of chances, you know, that one I'd mentioned and something a bit later on that they broke from. But Generally speaking, we were well in control of the game. And I wonder if sometimes, certainly as fans, speaking for myself, I'd like to see them maybe, whether it's McGregor or Turnbull or, or Rodic, just try that riskier pass. And if it doesn't come off, then then so be it. Yeah, I, I thought we could have been guilty of being accused of being over-elaborate, you know, just trying to take one phase too many. Instead, of, like you say, you know, t- taking a bit of a gamble. Fairness far as played played their part in that in that they were playing very narrow, allowing us to have the wings. So there was a lot of building play, but when they actually got to the, the final third, there was a lot of congestion as well. So it does take a lot of creativity, imagination and skill to, to get around that. I thought it was quite a frustrating first half from that perspective, that we didn't quite take the risks to um, to just take those chances. Yeah, and there weren't a lot of clear-cut chances in the first half. One that I noted was a, a header from Kyogo, which he got all wrong. It was an in-swinging cross from uh, Jota. Uh, from the left-hand side, curling in the way. I don't know if he's jumped too early, got under it, but you, you know the one that's going to caught thought, him square. In the, I thought the, the ball was a bit floaty. More pace on the ball, he wouldn't have had to generate as much power himself. And then I think he jumped a wee bit early. I actually thought he could, you know, hindsight and, you know, for all the money they play me to play, play football, he could maybe have stepped back even and it's at his feet. Yeah, I'll get Kyogo to give you a bell for some tips, James. Aye, and, uh, sort of you can talk him through it. Um, Starfell as well, I thought I had a half chance from a corner, hard to see from, from where I was sitting, but... He seemed to attack a corner pretty well from which we won another corner. I wonder if we're not making enough of the set pieces. You know, we, we won we'll a lot of corners of them. Yeah, yeah, during yeah. that game. So we need to be more clinical there. I wonder if we need to do just a wee bit more work in terms of uh, what we're getting from them. We tried a clever one, um, whatever stage in the first half, where I think it's Jota and Turnbull oh, are going right. out to take it short. And instead of whipping it in high, they've played it along the deck to the edge of the box. But it's just been a few yards away from McGregor. Before you know it, the moves broke down and the, the momentum goes. But listen, I'm all for trying something different and maybe we'll just need to keep working on them and train them. Yeah, a bit of imagination. Yeah. Um, so as I say, you know, bits and bobs in the, the first half. A couple of things I'd like to mention. One thing, around about half an hour in, I picked up the, the Green Brigade uh, singing for David Turnbull to the, the KT tune, no less. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. You know, it's taking a bit of time to hear anyone 
Um, you know, you've made it when you get a song, uh, haven't you? And I think Turnbull is very much appreciated by the fans, even though he's still got more to offer. We'll go into that in a second. He gets his goal. I'm giving him the goal tonight. It's not an own goal for me, but um, he's he's certainly involved in a lot of the creative stuff. But I think there's so much more to come from Turnbull. But good to see that the fans uh, are appreciating him and, and, and obviously singing his name there, which will give him the you know a huge boost in confidence. Um, another point worth noting is the yellow card that Starfield picked up. Yellow for you? Uh, me, oh, I, poor, poor control, really. Um, it came him kind of fast. His initial first touch wasn't great, and then he's stretching. Guys made a meal of it. I thought it was a, a bit kind of a theatrics from the guy. He certainly didn't slice across him. Stuff felt um, clumsy and put yourself in the position position to get a book, and I suppose. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you're stretching for it, and you're maybe a bit blind as to what's yeah, coming yeah. across you. You're always yeah. running the risk to an extent, so you're not in control there. I actually think Starfield had a very decent game tonight, mm-hmm. up to the very end, where he's made a you know a questionable decision, and it's ended up coming across the box. And I think Hearts really dealt yeah. with it very well, but I, I absolutely think credit was due because we, we've spoken often about Starfield, and I think he had a very good game. He was very very solid, and you know that yellow card can happen to to anyone in any game. Um, Special mention, of course, for Jota. We keep coming back to him. He has had a good couple of efforts in the first half. He had a, a low effort from the left-hand side. I think McGregor slipped him in in the left-hand channel. Keeper uh, got a foot to it for a corner at that one. He maybe, also did, maybe across the Abada there? Not from where I was sitting, maybe yeah. so. I've only seen it in real time. Yeah. Um, and also a very good curling effort from the edge of the box and uh, the keeper's tipped it over. Yeah. He's at the centre of all things good at the moment, isn't uh-huh. he? Yeah, I mean, we're speaking about him every final whistle show and every... Uh, weekly show now. Um, he's really starting to cement. He's uh, he's placing hearts to the Celtic fans. He's just he's, he's talent is un- unbelievable. Yeah, I think he's he's nailed down that number seventeen jersey and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's involved in everything, which is great to see. Not so much, unless we're not going to be negative in any way, shape, or form tonight. But Abada isn't at himself as well. You know, maybe he set a rod for his own back by hitting the ground running and, and showing so much so early in his Celtic career, but. We've seen at various points there was there's one into the second half where he you know he screws it you know high and wide and different things for different reasons. Listen, he's 19. Um, that can excuse his inconsistency. He's a 20. Happy birthday. Um, he's a winger. Wingers can generally be inconsistent at any age, and I think it's maybe quite a lot of weight on his young shoulders at this stage. I think the sooner James Forrest gets back, the better. Kush mentioned it in the uh, the final whistle from Saturday. That I think it's it's something that's required for him. Yeah, and this is the the benefit of. The squad depth starting to improve. You can start to look at that and say, I don't absolutely have to play you today. Um, I think even already with the the verve shown by Mikey Johnson, and you know I, I've had my uh, thoughts on Mikey Johnson aired on here, but the verve shown by Johnson when he came on starts to put questions in as to, well, could we put him left wing? Could we put Jota on the right and give a bad break before Forrest is even ready? Mm-hmm. More interestingly, I think which doesn't tie him with a bad thing, but is. Johnson, the guy to replace Christie and give Kyogo those through balls because there was a lot of times, first half in particular, Kyogo's making the run, he's saying, Gimme it, gimme it, and he's just not getting the ball from mm-hmm. Turnbull in particular. I would say maybe Rogic. Yeah, I'm Mikey Johnson daft. I hear that. I think, uh, I think it'd be interesting to see him in the 10, maybe you know, replace Rogic and have a go at that. And I think he kind of done a bit of that tonight or this afternoon. And yep, perhaps he maybe has a go out at uh, wide right. He's capable across the front positions, Mikey Johnson. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to to seeing him getting back to it. And that's that's two cameos that have been really impressive between uh, this afternoon and also Mother of the Weekend. So yeah, and uh, listen, Abad is very much, you know, a fan's favourite and 
you know, everyone wants him to do well, but maybe for his own good, just a wee rest and, and something to keep it fresh. Um, towards the end of the first half, I thought it all got a wee bit towsy. You know, there's a, you know, handbags here and there. I think one of their guys picked up a booking. Turnbull and Kyogo were in the mix there, Rouse and somewhere else. What was your take on that? Um, from what I could see, you know, it's, it's hard to say sometimes, but it looked like he's had a kick out at Kyogo and, you know, just let it lost stuff. That's, that's a red card. It doesn't matter how hard you, you kick him. What I did like about that, and I've not seen enough of it from Celtic, and if I was going to see it from someone, I expect it to be this guy, Ralston. He's in there protecting his own man. Yeah. So more of that from Celtic. And I don't mean ill-disciplined, getting into handbags and, and wee scraps and stuff like that, but just sticking up for your teammates. Yeah, you don't need to give Tony the Tiger a second invite to no, go getting about it. Um, something as well I was just going to mention, just come back to me there pre-match. don't know if you caught what I thought was quite a striking image um, before kickoff, where the the Hungarians, the Ferencváros team, were all lined up, you know, interlinked in a line, and the Celtic players were all in position facing yeah. them. And just before the whistle, as with many games now, the referee blows the whistle for players to take the knee. Yeah. So every Celtic player to a man took the knee, and they held a line, and, it yeah. ju- and the fans were booing at the same time. I don't. Hungary said its issues with different things and fan trouble, and you know, there's been some different controversy around about how they approach things as, as a nation. We'll not get into that. That's, this isn't a politics show, but it was just a very striking image with them all standing in a line yeah. and the Celtic players facing. I'm sure there'll be images of it. Uh, I'll dig them out and I'll post them on Twitter, but I thought it was very strong. I think I think you need to call that what it is. Hungary and Hungarian teams aren't supporting the anti-racism message. So, for whatever reason, and it's pretty simple to work out what reason, but you've got players in that standing line, and one guy had a kind of... A, a, Black Power salute, you know, to try and show some kind of contribution. Mm-hmm. But it's, football doesn't need that. We need to be together on that. Yeah, it's interesting. As I say, if we get some images, we'll post them on our Twitter page a bit later on. Um, so, yeah, so half time, nothing each, as mentioned. Celtic had a decent spell of pressure towards the end of the half, but nothing really came of it. But cue the second half. I think we've started fairly well. And I think they lifted the tempo a bit, whether that was deliberate through Ange or whatever. But the tempo has been better in general. You know, we've just, we've seemed to be just that level better and that level quicker with our play. And save for about maybe, you know, 10 minutes, we're well in control. And then in the 58th minute, it's 1-0 Celtic. I think this is a, a thing of beauty. So talk me through it from your point of view. It's just, you know, it's a bit like on Saturday where they're getting more and more used to the, the playing out from the back and it doesn't always work, as we said, on Saturday. Um, but when it does work, it gets you situations like this. So I think it was Jota Montgomery down to left-back position. So you're starting, you know, the complete far, far away corner. Um, Jota's come away with the ball <laughs> the pass the vision the weight from Jota and the running from Kyogo it's just sublime yeah the pass by Jota is disgusting <laughs> that's the very word I it? just thought the way he's got it but you're right you know that you can't uh, take away from the fact that it started I think you're right I think it is Jota and Montgomery have worked out of the, the left hand corner the left back corner Jota then breaks we're screaming for him to make the pass but he's just taking an extra couple of touches to steady himself and the technique he's shown right. just to kind of like cut, to cut through it, yeah. it was brilliant. But then, few more brilliance because Hugo's got two very tricky things to do. One, to take the touch first of all, which has been perfect in his path. And two, to show the composure just to find that side of the net that their keeper had, had left open for him. It was a brilliant goal and it was just, there was such a roar from it. And it was it was just real quality across the board. Yeah, and you know, the, we're anticipating that things were building towards that, you know, we're Hoping to get the, the chance for the goal. The first touch from Kyogo is you know, almost as disgusting as Jota's ball itself. 
because if you take any kind of static touch off that, it bounces off your whatever, it's not in your path, it's right in his path. Yeah. And he has to do next to nothing to then be in the shooting position. And he doesn't panic, he just sees where the goalie is, and he, you know, it doesn't go at great pace. Mm-hmm. It you know, doesn't trundle into the net or anything, but he just steers it in. Ah, oh, it's a great goal. Yeah, it's a brilliant goal. And I think as well, this is a very obvious thing to say, but it just shows the real difference in quality when you've got guys like Jota and Kyogo linking up to do that versus, say, I don't know, say, say Beaton or, or somebody like him trying to play that pass to Ayeti. It just doesn't happen. No. That That's the bottom line. And I suppose this is the most obvious thing in football. You've got better players. You've got more chance of doing you know, better things and winning games of football. But the, these guys are absolute class. We spoke again on the weekly show about they two and McGregor being the absolute epicentre of what we are doing. And it just showed that class and it, and it puts you in a really strong position in the match. Yeah, it's levels. Yeah. So beyond that... um. Almost immediately after that, in fact, Ferns Varos had a quick break. Um, how often wouldn't, does wouldn't it, be Celtic if it wasn't that? Yeah, know. and how often does it happen in football? You score a goal and I don't know what happens, concentration levels or whatever. They broke down our left-hand side and put a very dangerous ball across the box. You're thinking they're going to get at least an effort on goal, but that man, Tony Ralston, again, has made... A, I mean, it's a, it's a goal-stopping tackle, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a, it's a lung-bursting run to get to the position to put the guy off and, and make the block. Yeah. Um, just great defending from Ralston shouldn't be in that position that's something to work on but all ends well yes just so so important and it just keeps the momentum going and you know just after that then we find ourselves with a penalty kick I think it's Jota that's kind of worked something with Montgomery he's come out of the box he's shown a bit of invention and the guy's brought him down I think it's a very clear penalty um, I don't even know if you know, far was used or whatever but clear penalty for us uh, Callum McGregor steps up. I don't want to mention that I had money on it to score at any time in the game, James. It wouldn't be right. Always bet responsibly. Um, but I've got McGregor stepping up and you're thinking that's quids in, aren't you? Yeah, you know, a great striker of the ball, an experienced guy. Um, for, for me, it wasn't a terrible penalty. Penalties you don't score are always terrible penalties. Mm. I don't think it was a terrible penalty. He took it well enough. I think it was like a 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 penalty. But a 9 out of 10 save. Great save from the goalie. Yeah, that was a question for you. You know, good save or a bad penalty. Maybe a, a bit of both, I suppose. Do you know what? He's hit it fairly well and he's picked a side. Maybe just not far enough over. And the fact that he's a left footer coming across that rather than opening out the body. Yeah. Again, you're trying to teach Kyogre how to play football. I'm teaching Cal McGregor how to hit penalties. Cal, you're doing it all wrong, mate. Aye, come on, lads. Um, but obviously that would have you know put you absolutely in the driving seat 2-0 up with the, the momentum going but luckily you know the crowd have kept with it I thought the, as I say the crowd were great you know Tuesday afternoon stuff but you know we were really up for it at that moment in time um, beyond that actually McGregor had a poor pass just after the penalty miss and I wonder if his head was gone a wee bit um, just a slack pass in the midfield that they broke from but nothing really came of it um, not too far after that uh, around about the 70th minute um, Andrew's made his changes Jack Amakis and Beaton came on for Abada and Rodic. I do think it was time for Abada to come out. As I say, I think he needs a wee rest in the team. But obviously the fans are desperate to see Jack Amakis. And I think in his, his 20 minute or so cameo, he done perfectly well. Oh, I, I think there's a real player there. I mean, I, th- I think he showed enough tonight that he is a player. But I think they're really going to benefit from from his style of play. Um, I believe Sutton was raving about him as a, a fellow back-to-goal, mm. you know, strong guy. Um you know, he had his chance as well, a couple of chances, and he also put himself into positions to score if Jota and Turnbull had, had passed him, and not saying that they should have, but mm-hmm. he got himself into good position, positions, and he was just strong. He's, he's given us something we haven't had in a long, long time. Yeah, he's a bit of a throwback number nine, isn't he? He'll, yeah. he'll play with the back to goal, he'll, you know, win the foul, he certainly won a few fouls, he's 
you know, catching it in his chest. He's he's being clever. He's protecting the ball, and then he's getting in the box to you know attempt to go on the end of things. Unlucky with his effort from Kyogo's cross. He's yeah. maybe shown a bit of invention there, and in the end of the overhead quicks kick is a bit you know pretty high over the bar but it's great technique just to, to have that thought just to say can I get a shot away here the first piece of that technique is the important but getting the defender off so he shrugs the defender off he's such a big guy mm-hmm. and then takes it on his chest and yeah he just kind of catches it too high he hasn't got time to let it drop all that stuff but on another day that, that drops the right position he gets in yeah I think there's no, no doubt he'll get goals and he's such a different type of player from Kyogo Kyogo is sharp and incisive and he makes the runs and you know, he's just, you know, a completely different type of player, whereas Giacomacchus is just a bit more robust, a bit more, you know, target man up top. And it'll be interesting because there'll be, there'll be need for different guys in different games. And, you know, maybe you throw him in against Livingston away, for example, and he's maybe the option there. And it, it might be the right guy for a different time of the game as well. And if you're a defender and you've been up against Hugo's running all day and in 65 minutes or whatever, this guy comes on, you're like, come on, man. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about it as such is that when he comes on through the middle, it moves Kyogo out wide and... Kyogo's never really done it for Celtic in a wide position and it, it takes a wee bit of something away there but obviously that's something that Andrew will work on he'll get more players available whether it be Forrest you know Juranovic, Mikey Johnson guys that can offer something on the right hand side so we'll, we'll see how he plays that moving forward but... I, I think it'd be more common that Kyogo gets his rest when Jack Marcus comes on and you've got stronger wingers out there you know, finishing the game yeah but he definitely looks handy so that was good to see because we've not caught too much of him so far mm. um, speaking of which another guy that's come in uh, and got a wee bit of game time is Liam Scales, and I was pleased to see yeah. that. I think Montgomery, it, it looked like he was cramping at one point, and he, he ran his race around about 75 minutes in. Liam Scales came on to a very good reception as well, and he was he was perfectly fine. He kept it nice and tidy. Yeah, he did that. He was he was shown, you know, he was available. He was making good runs. He was winning his tackles. He seems to slot into the inverted position at the right times. So you can see a lot of training's gone into him. And I think it bodes well. You know, I mentioned it yesterday. I'm, I'm keen to see him because the left back is still a question. Um, I think Scales is, is worthy of his chance now. Yeah, I've got a wee feeling we might see Liam Scales start on Saturday against St. Johnson and Mikey Johnson. So uh, we'll see what Ange decides on the day. Probably uh, Nevada. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, just, we'll see who's uh, correct on that one. Um, so yeah, not too long after Scales has come on, uh, it's 2-0 Celtic and it's, it's David Turnbull. This was a, a case of the high press paying dividends. So Carla McGregor done particularly well to close it down. He's seen the pass coming out of defence. Mm-hmm. He's worked hard. He's, he's you know been biting the ankles and, he, and he's got possession. He's then been very clever by just lifting the ball a wee bit over a, a stretched out leg to find Jota. He slots inside for a, a tap in for Turnbull. Don't know what's happened. He's caught it all wrong, but he's ended up. He's put a tackle in, and do you know what? It spins into the back of the net. You'll take any sort of goal in Europe, you know, it puts you 2-0 up with less than 10 minutes to go and, and you're delighted. And we'll talk less about, you know, Turnbull should have done better in terms of his initial finish, but as I say, we'll take it. But what was really pleasing is this is a direct result of an Ange tactic. Mm-hmm. The high press is an Ange thing and that's where we get that goal. And the first goal is an Ange thing, playing out of defence. So he's turned the team very specifically to play in a certain way and that's got us the two goals that's won the game tonight. Yeah, the second in particular is it's high press against a tired team because they're so exhausted from chasing you the whole game because you've had so much possession. So, like you say, it's a direct result of, of Ange's tactics. And I thought at that point in the game in particular, to be shown such energy, <clears> you know, take me back 12 months and tell me we had the fitness to do that. Yeah, but just you could see the players done with the fitness. And, and I mentioned this again in the, the weekly show. Um, they just look like they've got that bit more energy because now, you know, they're maybe three months working this system. They know what's required and the fitness levels seem to be getting there to allow them to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
two and a lot. Home and hosed, good to go. Um, but it should have been three, four, five, maybe yeah. that. Um, Jota, uh, rightfully, gets the man of the match uh, in the stadium. I think that's his third in a row. He's just collecting bottles of champagne at this this moment in time. Um, but there's a couple of chances. I'll run through the chances quickly. There's a, a, a pass from Mikey Johnson to Jota himself, who, who must score and doesn't. He finds himself in a similar position to... To Kyogo for his goal. Um, I actually think before that, yeah. yeah, definitely was before actually Jota himself found Turnbull, who again he's coming into it from his left hand side and he's sclaffed it by the post. Seemed easy to score. Yeah. Um, and Mikey Johnson, he's shown great feet and invention in the edge of the box and, and got a good strike away. You had those chances to the the missed penalty, and it could have been a five one might have been a, a reasonable reflection on the way the game went. Thought one would be unfair. I thought they were worthy of a clean sheet. Um, although what Stanges interview at the end, he said, "I don't pop champagne cocks for clean sheets, mate." Yeah, he's not mad in the clean sheets as long as his defence plays well and he wins the game. Um, but also, I think I heard Angie's interview, and he was basically saying that he, he was he was taking credit where he felt it was due for Celtic's performance. Left them very tired at the end of the game yeah. because for an hour or so, you know, up until Celtic scored, they were very compact. They were working hard. They weren't allowing space. And that's tiring. So yeah. that that's part of the tactic. <clears throat> so as much as it doesn't work in the first, you know, it's taken us fifty eight minutes to get the first goal. That then unlocks things because at that point their heads go down a bit and they're shattered. And all of a sudden you've seen the space open up in the second half. Beaton actually spared a couple of passes, which you know uh, opened the lines and different things. And that's just as a direct result of how Ange wants us to play. Yeah, and I, I like that Beaton move. You know, Beaton playing as a, a defensive mid, where <laughs> what he was signed for all those. Many, many, many years ago. So it, it, it does give you that wee bit of composure. I don't think he's the uh, the end solution there. I think there will be change, obviously. He's not. But for now, for now, when you need someone to come and set, settle things down a wee bit and pick passes, I think he's perfectly fine. Yeah, I agree. So played out, 2-0, final whistle blows. And as I said, really great atmosphere in the stadium. Just about time to put the disco lights on, given that it was starting to get uh-huh. uh, dark outside. The connection with the fans and the players really seems to be back there. It felt tonight or this afternoon like it did against you know some of the earlier games of Dundee and the St. Johnson. That real connection, that real spark was there again tonight. Uh, guys like Joe Hart taking his shirt off, fist bump in the crowd. Starfelt done the same. Ange comes out and does that wee thing where he doesn't come too far. He stays kind of central circle. Uh, just works his wee domain there, but you know applauding the fans and a glance towards the Green Brigade. And it just seems that connection's there and that. You know that momentum uh, is there, and the team seem to be really enjoying themselves. All of a sudden, after a you know, a, let's not kid on, it was a fairly ropey September, and we seem to be in a, a very good place. So, just as we start to wrap this one up for today, James, what's your final thoughts on tonight, and as we look ahead to St. Johnson? So we said in the weekly show last night, momentum—that's that's what the Aberdeen and Motherwell away victories gave us. This further cements that. You know, I, I'm under no illusions that this is in any way Andrew's finished team, both in terms of the players learning it, understanding it and practising it and the personnel that will augment this team before the end of the season come January. Um, so it's just keep that momentum going, take it into Saturday, one game at a time, big one on Saturday, please. Yeah, but it's it's very much a work in progress, but very good to see and there's, there's definite signs of progression with the players themselves and, and with how Ange is leading them. So Celtic finally get their Europa League campaign up and running with a well-deserved three points this afternoon at Celtic Park. Momentum is a huge thing in football and it definitely feels like we've got that on our side just now as we head into another important league game versus St. Johnson on Saturday. We'll be back with you for that one and in the meantime you can also listen to the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly which was released today 
And my thanks to James for joining me. And as always, our thanks to you for listening. We'll see you again next time. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.